Mount Victory looking to build. Barbarousas is quick. Is he in behind top four? Stanley. It doesn't matter. Costa Barbarousas. Wow. Unbelievable kick. <laughs> what time's the game on again? <laughs> Nobody knows. This is the fixturing chaos edition of the Oz Football Hour here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Josh Parrish is my name. I am with Jason Goldsmith. How are you, Jason? I'm good. I've just been trying to work out uh, with yourself which game is on when and where, and it's becoming... Harder and harder to work it out. The few extra things that have happened in the last sort of uh, hours or so. Interesting to see. Where do, where do we watch? What do we do? It has been a real struggle to to keep up, ironically, uh, with Melbourne Victory's Asian Champions League playoff match against Vissel Kobe uh, wreaking havoc, apparently, with the weather in New South Wales, certainly throwing a spanner in the works. Uh, it's not the first time we've said that in the, in the last month or so. Uh, but we have had several rescheduled games in the last uh, few hours and a cancelled Melbourne derby this weekend, which is a real real kick in the teeth. Yeah, it is, because I, I think for, for, the, for, the, for the people of Melbourne, that's, that's their showcase game. That's one of the, the big ones that they want to go to. It's a long weekend too, so people have probably made plans around that as well. Um, and from what I understand, it's the reason Melbourne victory getting to play in Japan uh, next Tuesday or three days after the, the Melbourne derby it was supposed to be, mm. that, um, that's the reason they've had to reschedule it. Now, the ACL fixture's been in place for a long time and we're making that decision a week out. So that seems to be poorly managed. All right, let's, let's try and explain here. So we've got a game on tomorrow night, or double header, in fact, at Central Coast Mariners Stadium in Gosford. Yes. Which is Wellington on their... Um, sort of world tour of, of home grounds to, to rival Western United in that respect. Yep. Uh, playing uh, as part of the second part of the doubleheader against the Newcastle Jets. Central Coast playing their home game against Melbourne Victory. But I guess against uh, common sense, the fixtures are flipped so that the New Zealand time zone, which is, of course, two hours ahead of us here on the Australian yep. East Coast, they're playing the later game. Yes. With Wellington's home game and Central Coast Mariners are kicking off first at 5 p.m. when, I mean, you can't even, as you're pointing out off air, you can't even get home in front of your TV by 5 p.m., let, let alone get to the stadium on well, a weeknight. Yeah. And then the chances of the second game going ahead, given the amount of rain they're having at the moment, it seems to be far fetched as well mm. at the moment. So that, that, a double header is very admirable in terms of, of Wellington because of lack of home ground and all the reasons. So that I, I respect that. That's fine. But trying to do it midweek, it just appears quite rushed. And the way the weather is going in the Central Coast and, in, and all through Sydney, the chances of these games going ahead to me uh, are very, very slight, and especially doubleheader. If, if victory and, and the Mariners chop it up in the first game and it's still pouring down, like it's, it gets to a safety issue straight away. So mm. you've got everyone going to the ground to get it going and it's going to be rescheduled again. Like, wouldn't you just call it now and try and change it up? I would have thought. Well, Sean Mielekamp, the Mariners CEO, has explained on Twitter that they, they wanted to play the first game so that the pitch would be in the best possible condition. As the home team. That's that yep. fine. I think the real reason for this is that Melbourne Victory were meant to be playing on Saturday yep. and they wanted to fly out the same night. So they didn't want to kick off late and miss the miss the plane. Okay. That's that, again, that also is feasible, but now... Now there playing. is no Melbourne derby. Yeah, it's... um. Yeah, so, and yeah, there's another game on tomorrow night as well. So they're trying to cram in like three games on a Wednesday as well, which I get because we've got games to make up because we've had, mm. you know, weather cancellations, COVID cancellations and the rest of it. But um, we're saying off air, trying to make track of when the games are on and who they're against and where and the rest of it, um, it's getting harder and harder to do. Like mm. if, you're making, if you're making these decisions so close to kick off, even like three or four days. I mean, we talked about travelling fans not being allowed in for a Wellington game um, on Wollongong uh, a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, yeah. And because then, Wellington didn't have a match day sponsor, so they couldn't That's right. I mean, the they stands. had to close it down. So there's been so many, so many hurdles or hiccups or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then now with the Melbourne Derby being cancelled, they've, they've shaken up the whole round of this weekend coming. So there's four games on Saturday. 
in the A-League men's. And um, it's good for the A-League women. There's actually clear air for the finals, which is fantastic. So they get a bit, a bit more of a, a bit more of the, uh, I guess, the, the mm. eyeballs. But um, it all seems to be crammed, crammed in. So it's interesting how it's going to work. I'm going to read from this article here on Keep Up. Uh, explained why we had to postpone the Melbourne Derby. So there is this AFC rule that clubs have known about for a long time, which is match day minus three. So you have to get there three days before the game. Yeah, that's that's fine. Um, and the club has known about that for a long time. They they lobbied to get the game moved closer to the group stage so it would be easier to fit in the derby and they wouldn't be so rushed getting to Japan for the, the mm-hmm. Sunday to um, to or the Saturday, Sunday to play play on the Tuesday night. Um, but uh, apparently, uh, according to this article, changes to the Japanese um, government requirements for, for quarantine coming in uh, into effect last week uh, has made it impossible for uh, Victory to play on the Saturday and then get to Japan to satisfy the AFC requirements. But there's no explanation of what those changes in quarantine requirements are. No. And, you know, at least in terms of amateur internet research, there doesn't seem to be any changes in Japanese quarantine requirements uh, that we could find. Uh, so... I, it, that doesn't really give you a satisfactory explanation of this. I think the real explanation is we wanted to move the game and they said no. But And also in the same article too, there's a victory in the A-League had argued for weeks since the playoff dates were set that they should be allowed an exemption for weeks. Mm. So if they're, they're arguing for the exemption and they don't get the exemption, which is what's happened, so at the last minute they changed the fixturing. So if they've been arguing for weeks, surely they could have foreseen this coming and trying to adjust the fixture anyway. We had the February frenzy and then it's obviously the fixture is quite fluid because we have to change and we get all of that. But they've known for a few weeks that this is potentially what's going to happen, that they would have to go earlier. And and so they've changed the date of it last minute, last minute call Mm. really, haven't they? Yeah, it's, I mean, for such a big game, I think you need at least a week's notice to reschedule and then promote and re-promote the fixture. Absolutely. And the form that Victory found themselves on the winner's list again last week, so they're actually in a bit of form. So it makes for actually a, a quite a good Melbourne mm. derby. You know, you're, both the teams are pushing for those those top four spots. So what it, what it does do as well, which, which you have a quick look at, at redoing the fixture, is that we have the first versus second game now being played this Saturday, which is Western United and Melbourne mm. City. But... A little bit off-Broadway because it's at the 5 o'clock game. So Melbourne Derby would have been the um, suggesting the free-to-air game on Channel 10, I would have thought. That would mm. be the one that they've gone gone with. And first versus second is now dropped to 5 o'clock. So from the redone of the, when they're redoing the fixture, I would think that MacArthur and the Wanderers is probably the TV game. <laughs> Which, I mean, based on how MacArthur played against mm. Victory last Friday, yep. is not a particularly enticing clash. They no. were all over the shop. And... We want to <laughs> first versus second should be the the TV game. It's the marquee Absolutely match. right. Regardless of which club it is, it should be should be the one that is getting the most eyeballs. Because in in theory, it's the higher higher standard that we're trying to push push mm. out there with our free to air deals. So if they've redone the fixture for the weekend, surely they could redo the game times. And if the if Channel Ten were coming down here to do the the Melbourne Derby, then the cameras and the commentators are all set to go, and they've just changed it from. Victory in City to Western United and, and City. So, th- again, they've probably missed an opportunity there. Yeah, I haven't had a satisfactory explanation for why Sydney are suddenly flying to Perth on Saturday instead of playing Western United on the Friday. Well, I, I yeah, good question. I think it's to give City a game Okay. A game here, I would, would have thought. With, with the derby being moved. I guess that makes sense. So. And But also, I think, for Sydney FC fans, for themselves, because now the A-League women is Friday night, Sydney FC versus Melbourne City. So they don't have the men and the women clashing, which is... That, prob- that is good, to be fair. That's good for football for people that watch both um, or support the club and do both, which is great. Um, so Perth Glory, who finally get home games now, had to re- have rescheduled theirs. So they had a Sunday game. Now they have a Saturday game and a Tuesday game next week. Mm. And then the Tuesday game next week goes up almost head-to-head time-wise with <laughs> Melbourne Victory's ACL game. So they've rescheduled that... They've put it right up against the game that they've had to reschedule the whole fixture for. 
I see. <laughs> so, you know, like we want to – we want to not make it easy for us. We want to promote the game. We want to watch as much as possible. We want to talk about the games. We want to talk about this stuff. They're making it very difficult. Well, to recap, Brisbane versus Wellington stays on Saturday. It, that's head-to-head with Western United versus Melbourne City now, uh, which is not being broadcast on freeware, we don't think. Uh, Sydney now, instead of playing on Friday against Western United, are going to face Perth on Saturday at 7.05pm Eastern. Uh, and now Perth Glory will play the Central Coast Mariners on Tuesday in a very late 10.05pm kickoff on the East Coast, but uh, a suitable kickoff time uh, on the West. So we will try and get our, get our heads around the uh, the changes. No Melbourne derby this weekend, which is a big disappointment. I think it's rankled a lot of fans. But the other thing that we don't know uh, for tonight is whether Sydney FC's Asian Champions League qualifier is going to go ahead. We've got heavy rain coming down at Cogra. A pitch inspection is underway at the moment. Yep. And there's been no word as to the outcome of that. So we'll keep you posted during the show as to whether or not we will see Asian Champions League football tonight. But I pity the the fans driving down from from Sydney proper to, to Cogra only for the game to be called off. Because judging by the weather, it doesn't look like it's likely to go ahead. No, and it's 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 KRFC and they're, they're Filipino team, yep. I believe. That's right. So you would think if they reschedule it, they're going to have to reschedule it for tomorrow or the next day given that they're in town. Um, the weather doesn't look too flash for tomorrow in Sydney again. And that might then throw off their trip to Perth as well when they've got to go and play there for Sydney FC. So, yes, anyway, all the fun and games of uh, Australian football. But this is just the stuff that's happened today. <laughs> well, we're going to take a short break and stop talking about fixtures and scheduling and actually talk about some actual football on the other side. So stick it with us here on the Oz Football Hour on FNR. Victory looking to build. Barbarousas is quick. Is he in behind Topo Stanley? It doesn't matter! Costa Barbarousas! Wow! Yeah! I'm a salmon, a again! Oh, he's done it! Unbelievable kick from here. Well, if you were watching Mark Redan's body language on the sideline during the Sydney Derby, you'd be forgiven for thinking uh, he was a coach whose job hinged upon the result. Uh, he was living or dying with every kick. He looked to be just a simmering pot of angst the entire 90 minutes. But that was actually not the case. The club had already, before the match, gone out and awarded him with a brand spanking new three-year contract, caretaker no more, uh, at the Western Sydney Wanderers. And the team repaid the club's faith in the, in the manager by uh, going out and, and winning that game as underdogs. A controversial penalty uh, being the, the deciding factor with Rami Najarin going down under a James Donerkey challenge and Tom Ahmed putting it away before Keanu backs his head up off a corner. Wrapped up the 2-0 victory. Sydney FC not playing their best. And Steve Corica cut a, quite a forlorn figure on the touchline. Uh, but the Wanderers, I think, needed this, Jason. Absolutely needed it. And um, it looks like they're getting their house in order. So, I mean, all of the problems with the Wanderers seems to be uh, off the field. So um, then they haven't really worked very well. Their, their uh, chief, uh, John Simardis, is leaving and um, and... Mark Rudan got three years. So off the field, they look like they're trying to get things a little bit more stable. It was Sydney FC's, I think, the first time they've lost three in a row since 2013. So that's <laughs> what wow. um, Simon Hill told me on the on the weekend. So that's quite quite a, a unique uh, position for Sydney FC to be in. But the Wanderers look good. Um, you know, it was nice. It wasn't a large crowd out at Parramatta, but you know, the red and black red and black block making some noise made a difference. Um, yeah, it was it was a good win for them in those conditions and the rest of it. It sort of gives them that little bit of a, a pep in their step and look to to move towards the rest of the season and the, and the next next few ones for under Mark's tutelage. Well, I mean, Satsuma stepping down looked like the writing was on the wall. He's he's going to be gone at the end of the season, mm-hmm. um, but he's come under a lot of criticism from past employees, from fans, yep. from media. 
Uh, so uh, who they get in to replace him is, is a pretty important appointment. But the thing that worries me is that they seem to have done the exact same thing as they have with Robinson, with Gombau, with a lot of previous coaches in, in handing them the, the reins in terms of control of the football department yep. and recruitment. They're just giving it all to him and whatever happens, happens. And when he gets sacked, they'll go in a completely different direction. That, that's what worries me. Yeah, maybe maybe so. I mean, is is Mark Ridan being given that kind of freedom that they said with, with Robinson? So remember Carl said he could do everything, backroom staff, hiring, firing, recruiting, all the rest of it. Um, you, you're right. You need a good football manager to do that for you. You can concentrate on mm. managing what you've got. And if you don't like certain players, you get rid of them, you move them on, bring in what you what you know, what you can do. We know Mark Rudan can coach. We spoke about it yeah. before. So um, it's, it's probably – a little bit stabilising. It's probably good for their fans that they get to say, right, well, we, we give this guy a go and see see how it works out. So, And, and a win over Sydney FC certainly um, lifts them up in, in, into believing that that could possibly happen, I guess. The thing that I worry about with Rudan is not so much his ability as a coach. I think, you know, his tactical acumen is up there with the best coaches in the league. Um, but it's more, can he have sustained success and can he stick around longer than a year or two in a job before, you know, his head gets turned by something else or he loses the dressing room or, you know, that uh, he seems to improve the sides that he takes over quite rapidly. Yep. And then it seems to burn out rather quickly. Maybe his passion and his angst are some of the things that <laughs> seem to work against him with some players. Mm. That It's proven to be the case that his last couple of stints that, you know, yes, it does. Mm. It is a quick fix. Um, and then it changes somewhat. So, you know... Interesting to see. It was a good good win for them. Um, I want to talk about the the penalty. Mm. So, do you think the Wiggles had their moment with um with the Triple J hottest one hundred, and that uh, Andrew Redmayne should put the yellow wiggle behind because he didn't look like getting anywhere near <laughs> that pen, did he? <laughs> no, he just dived out of the way and let Hemed put it straight down the middle. Uh, but the award of the penalty was a tad controversial. I I thought it was the correct decision. Uh, you know, with Donerkey essentially armbarring him. Yeah, he did. It, it yep. wasn't. You know, it wasn't a huge collision, but I think it's I think it's enough to to not overturn it. If you get what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I correct. I don't think they could overturn it because his arm was a, clearly a way to obstruct Nazarene coming through. And he had a little nibble at his shin as well. Yeah. There's a little bit of contact there. So I think if you step in front of it, tackle the tackle, knocks the ball past you. You step in front of them, you extend your arm fully. Yep. And they run into you uh, in trying to get to the ball, then that's a penalty. And you know, uh, Donerkey is. I guess an A-League average central defender, but mm-hmm. Sydney aren't used to having A-League average central no. defenders. And and a lot of their a lot of their supporters are blaming him for the, the mm. goals that they've leaked in of recent weeks as well, which is um which is a shame for James. It was de- I thought it was definitely a pen. The form of Nazarene leading up to that was fantastic, and um he's only scored one A-League goal I I heard prior to that. That's that's going to change the way he, if they. Throw some more minutes at him. He, I think he hit the post at one stage, um, had a couple of shots. Mm. He, he looked really good. I think it's beyond minutes, though. It's also yep. the position he was playing. Yep. And as a 10, when he's given that responsibility, we saw it at the Jets. We're seeing it now at the Wanderers, and he's not shafted out onto a flank where he's peripheral and not involved. Yep. He was central to everything the Wanderers yep. were creating in that first half. And that's the stuff we want to get excited about. They're mm. the kind of players we want to get excited about. I, I really enjoyed watching him on Saturday night. Um, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Won the pen, one nil up. It's a good good start for them, and then uh, yeah, and then Bacchus is his header after that, and uh, two nil. Didn't look like didn't look like um, coming back in it. Although I do, Lafondre did hit the post very late, but um, a great win, great win for the Wanderers. For Sydney FC, meanwhile, uh, look, they look like a team who's past their best. Looks like a team has to rebuild which is a shame because they're going into a new stadium next season mm-hmm. and you'd hope that they'd already done the rebuild. They'd be ready to go once they go back home and, you know, they're hopefully getting bigger crowds than they currently do. It's, I think, going to require quite an overhaul when you look at the amount of older players in that squad. Uh, if, if you've got Bobo, doesn't look like he's yep. going to go around again. Ninkovic has been used... In and out, he's been playing a lot of games. Narsing's contract expires at the end of the season, so we'll see if they keep him yeah. on. And he was he a bright good. spark when I he came he on. Good, yeah, a few step overs, getting down the line, putting some balls into the box. He added a bit of excitement. They, they, they're going to need, and they will probably go after a big signing because if we look at, we talk about Bobo. Even Alfie's pretty old. Ninkovic is thirty-seven. Um, they're still Wilkinson. Wilkinson, yeah, Wilkinson's still old. Um, 
they're still relying on those guys to be the stable influence of them. But the, the ones around them have been the ones that have been I've enjoyed watching this year. Cam Sober's been good. Um, Amini hasn't got as many minutes. Max Burgess, you're a massive fan of, yep. obviously. Um, again, he will get more minutes with Nick Mitch not there. But they'll probably try and <laughs> He's find... been in the job share, the, uh, yeah. the subbing off one for the other. And, and again on Saturday, we talked about it, but they, they did it again on Saturday. Nassing's good. Anyone that's played for the Dutch national team's got to have uh, some decent credentials. So um, I was impressed with him. If he can keep going, that maybe he's the guy that they sign to look to go to go a little bit better. But yes, they'll need they'll need something to replace those old guys. They've been reliant on them for the last few years. But uh, Costa Barbarousas too. So he's, he's pushing it up in, in age as well. So, yeah, that, they will look to re-sign a big club like that. They will get some form of big names in, I would think, because I don't think this squad can do it again. With the Wanderers, one thing I did note was Tommy Merchella playing a starring role at mm-hmm. the heart of defence. I think he's exceptional in the second half, repelling the Sydney pressure. And it raises the question mark for me, what happened in that gap year that he took between the end of his... Perth Glory deal in 2020 mm. and signing in the Indian Super League in 2021, there's a full year of football missing from his CV. And I have not heard a satisfactory explanation as to why that was the case. Did he just go the Matt Speranovic route and decide to take a sabbatical and enjoy himself for a little while? Just take some time off and not tell yeah. anyone. You're Mark Viduka, you're not yeah. really retired if you don't tell anyone. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I don't follow the Indian Super League that closely. So I know there's a lot of Aussies in there. But yeah, what does he play? Nine games there, it looks like. He, he only played half a season. Yeah. So. Um, don't know, but he's a fairly handy pickup if you've got someone that can change their well, attitude Perth, and motivation. Yeah, Under Popovich at Perth, yep. he was one of the best central defenders in the league. Mm. So to see him just disappear off the map for a year was was puzzling, to say the least. So, and I, I think it's a welcome sight to see him back in the in the competition. And the Wanderers needed an authoritative presence in the heart of defence, especially since Reese Williams went down earlier this season. Yeah, correct. The, uh, again, there's, there's, there's players out there, obviously. There's so many short-term contracts and one-year deals that you can mould the squad. You've just got to be pretty shrewd about it. So it's a pretty good signing for them. Got a few comments coming through. Lyle's asking, any news on Sturridge? I'm I, <laughs> honestly, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that we don't we don't see him again this season or in a Perth Glory shirt. Full stop. No, I think I think I have to add an extra chapter <laughs> chapter to my book. <laughs> um, we do have a chapter on the on the failed guests, <laughs> um, which he hasn't hasn't lived up to it. Yeah, I'm not sure. With that injury to his groin, he's not going to come back anytime soon. The season's fastly approaching the end. So, yeah, a bit of a shame. No storage update, unfortunately. The only update I have is that he was, uh, I think, from a Perth hotel room filming this video, but it was a promotion for like in Dubai, wasn't it? the yeah, Dubai yeah. Expo. Yeah. And it was Dubai 2020, but this is just, you know, one of those Euro 2020 scenarios where it's been postponed forever. Uh, because of COVID, but he was in in full full garb, head to toe, yep. with sunglasses on. So I couldn't couldn't see his uh, uh, his gait. I didn't know whether he was he was limping or if his hamstring still bothering him or whatever it is that he's injured this time around. They didn't cut to him. I watched the game on on Sunday when when Perth played Adelaide. They didn't show him in the crowd, so I'm not sure if he was behind the air conditioning because it was pretty warm over in, over west. Mm. But I didn't see him in the crowd, so I'm not too sure. We, we need him to at least play, come back for at least one or two games. You know, we want a goal out of him at least if they're not going to do anything, but we'll see. And Loch Ness on, on Twitch has come through and said, why would you not wait for the new CEO to come in at the Wanderers, he means, mm-hmm. before appointing a new coach? Valid point. Yeah, I mean, what this is Satsumas' last act pretty much, and he's just saddled whichever new CEO comes in. Uh, you know, they've, they've saddled them with a three-year Mark Redan contract. So you better hope the, the new guy likes Redan because you're <laughs> stuck with him. That's a very, very good point, which I didn't, didn't consider. But, yeah, you, you want to hope that he's, he's on board. <laughs> well, you're paying, out, you're paying out your contracts pretty early. Yeah, well, hopefully, uh, you know, the same strategy tried in a different uh, – uh, a different man, a different application works for the Wanderers. You know, it didn't didn't work out for Carl Robinson or uh, Gombau or any number of former Wanderers coaches. Have, JT, no. Have you been to any city derbies before, Josh? I haven't been in person. No, no I, I, I went to one, which was the Marcus Babel one, where he threw oh, his jacket yes. down the red card one. But it was at the Sydney Cricket Ground, so it wasn't wasn't great. But that was my experience of a Sydney derby. Yeah, best dressed, but uh, <laughs> you know, 
Yes, left a lot to be desired. <laughs> the rest of it. He he's got a uh, Spotify account. Yeah, and he posts. Uh, it's like Music Fridays or something. He has some pretty you good still playlists. Follow it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, I have to check it out. D- I think he calls himself DJ Bavaria. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So that's his greatest comp- contribution to the Australian football landscape. He's actually apparently I think he likes Australia because there's a few uh, like crowded house and Counting Crows and like various Australian. Uh, acts in there that he's yep. sprinkled through, so I think it's affected him. He's nice. time. We, you know, we've we've stayed with him in his heart, <laughs> even if he did rubbish the A League to the German press. Especially when he, when he left, yeah, didn't he? <laughs> nice parting shot. Uh, what else do you want to hit from this weekend? We had Perth Glory's homecoming. Finally, they got to play a home game. Yeah, it, and they got about six thousand there, which I, everyone's like, oh, we're gonna, we've got fourteen thousand for the first game when Sturridge played, but they had fifty percent capacity, so they have got some COVID restrictions in play now that the board has come down. Um, first game at home for 106 days. It's pretty warm. And um, I'll tell you what, Mo Toure, his, uh, his goal to put him 2-0 up, Adla- put Adelaide United 2-0 up, was, was pretty impressive. I was very, very much enjoying that one. I mean, he's just copying his brother at this point, though, isn't he? It was in that spot, wasn't it? It was good. It was really good. Harking back to Al Hassan's famous goal in the FFA Cup final against Melbourne City from yeah. the, the zero-degree angle. Although Cameron Cook, the, the substitute goalkeeper on that one, I think a little bit susceptible. Yeah, he got a piece of it, didn't he? Mm. And, you know, you never want to be beaten at your near post from essentially the byline if you're a goalkeeper. I, I watched that on Sunday, and then I, I tried to watch the mini-match uh, again on on Paramount, and again I, I don't want to keep knocking the rights because we want to change it. But it took six minutes for the mini match before they actually got into some highlights. They showed the entire um, moment silence before the game as part of the the mini match, which was an interesting one. I'm not not saying that we shouldn't recognise these things, but yeah, it took six minutes of the 24 minutes before I, I saw a ball kicked. Well, maybe that's to make up for the fact that Paramount cut to an ad break during the minute silence on the live broadcast. They did do that too. They copped a bit for that one as well. So, yeah. yeah. I think maybe they were, they were you know, going overboard to try and make up for it. Well, they haven't worked, they haven't worked out the drinks breaks and the, uh, and the advertising to chuck in. I know they did notice with the Sydney Derby that every time there was an injury, Simon Hill <laughs> cut to an ad break and said, we'll be back. I'm sure you won't miss anything. We made sure that he told everyone too. Well, I prefer that to, you know, without warning. Yeah, correct, correct. But, um, yeah, and not a decent game, a good win for Adelaide United. Um, yeah, and then sort of Perth through everything in the last few minutes to, to get back at him. And got that Bruno Fornaroli penalty and then, yeah, mm. couldn't quite get uh, an equaliser. But, yeah, 2-1. It was Ibasuki's goal from the set piece just before half time that I – didn't see any discussion of this. I might be the only person in the world who thinks this, but I thought it was a foul. I thought he was climbing oh, all did. over no, Aspro. He, yeah, he, he had um, both of his hands up and so he grabbed he him was down. basically applying leverage and force in order to – I mean, that's a classic move from strikers. Yeah, 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 correct. And given the size of him, that's, that's fine. He probably got away with it. But, yeah, it did look like he, he definitely went over the top of him. And I think it's impossible to – I mean, Aspro got up, tried to get up too late. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's his fault. But it's impossible to jump and even contest and put pressure on if the man on top of you is literally putting <laughs> his full body weight on both your shoulders and, and using you as a stepladder. I see it. He's um, obviously got uh, some of the, some surf surf lessons, your body <laughs> surfing, get some get his balance right. But, yeah, it was, um, it was a typical big guy's header. I mean – to be fair, I, I think Tim Cahill scored about 20% of his Socceroos goals in that exact same fashion. I cheered for all of them. so Yeah, as, as you should. <laughs> but, uh, Goodwin gets another assist for that one. Mo Toure's goal eventually proving the di- uh, difference, as you say, with uh, with Bruno Fornaroli scoring late consolation from the penalty spot. It was emphatically hit too. Bounced back off the back of the net, straight back into his hand so he could do the run back to the centre circle without, you know, having to wrestle with opposition defenders. I'd, lo- I'd actually love to look at his um, his record from the spot because he, as a striker he takes it all the time, but he, he, there's a lot of ones that he's missed. You mm. remember a lot of ones, even at Melbourne City and then now at the glory that he misses a lot of penalties as well. So I, I might check that out. The interesting thing in this game for me was how frustrated he seemed with his teammates. He was really... Uh, screaming at them whenever he was in frame and the ball mm. didn't make it to him, you know, he was upset. And I don't know if that Perth Glory team is a particularly harmonious place to be at the moment. No, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, it's again, it's hard to gauge. They've been through a lot for the sake of the mm. competition and being based over here and having to play 
everywhere but home. So it, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure if I'm sure there'll, there'll be issues that'll come out at the end of the season. Whether Garcia stays is a, is another thing. But I mean, that, they are on a hiding to nothing really, having to be on based on the east coast for so long, or those quarantine issues with the different players and the rest of it. It's they're not they're not doing mm. doing themselves much favour in terms of their performance, but there's other factors that possibly are at play. Adelaide, meanwhile, continuing to start Isaias and, and one day in midfield. Uh, not a lot of minutes for the for the youngsters as, as starting players. I thought their substitutes were probably the most impressive uh, in Iran Kunda and, and Toure off the bench. I would love to see a bit more of Louis de Rigo, but you can't really argue with it at the moment because they're third, which it, astonishes me. Yeah, I just had a look at that as well. They've snuck up, haven't they? So yeah, Out of nowhere. They, they seemed like a completely dysfunctional team earlier in the season and yep. they've just had a few wins here and there and you know they they to me seemed like a mid-table side but they've snuck up into third at least temporarily yeah so six wins six losses and four draws so you know they're, they're probably there's not a lot of consistency across the league at the moment no there's not and we still haven't got to get these games games played together amongst mm. them all but yeah they are third on the ladder so they're going to be in with a shot um coming through decent form the last few weeks I mean, MacArthur, Victory and Wellington all with significant games in hand uh, mm-hmm. below them. So we, we may see them slip down uh, over the next few weeks. But at the moment, Carl Vart's side are sitting pretty, no matter what I might think about them. So <laughs> with that, I think we'll go to a quick break. We've got more A-League games from the weekend to cover on the other side. Victory looking to build. Barbarousas is quick. Is he in behind top or Stanley? It doesn't matter! Costa Barbarousas! Wow! Well, after winning the FFA Cup, uh, the last edition of the FFA Cup, now the Australian Cup, of course, Melbourne Victory have gone on a bit of a slump in recent weeks. And it was very kind of Ante Milicic's MacArthur to, to give them such a freebie on Friday night to boost their spirits. Uh, two Nick D'Agostino goals, both absolute gifts um, before Ivan Kalava eventually returned the favour, uh, uh, throwing one in for, for a consolation. But uh, a scrappy game on a Friday night, victory winning, and uh, back on the winner's list ahead of their Asian Champions League away trip. Uh, I think they needed that one. The brother-in-law derby, um, yes, <laughs> for Popper, Popper and uh, Ante Milicic. Yet D'Agostino, again, we talked about, you talked about his impact off the bench, but he was able to provide that spark from starting straight mm. away. Um, Rojas as well is his first goal for a while too, mm. for, um, for victory. And he's so, lacked confidence in front of goal all season. So yeah, he has. That's a pretty important one. Yeah, he gets to get a good run at it as well. So a, a great win for them, put him in good form before their early game tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, a 5 p.m. kickoff against the Mariners. Um, so, depending on the result of that game, we might be saying completely different things. But Melbourne Victory finally rolling out Rojas, Brimmer, and Economides in the same lineup, which I think gives them more attacking options. They've struggled to get Rojas and Economides fit at the same time. And I don't think either of those players really lived up to their billing in the aggregate this season, especially when you consider Economides, uh, you know, he's a marquee player on, on seven figures. He is, but they've had to manage him all the way through, haven't they? Because he's clearly not hasn't been fit. I mean, you look on on paper, their team is 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 a contender. They're definitely definite contenders with what um, Pop has been able to bring this year and what they've added to the squad to come through. They are definitely up there. Um, maybe they're just getting into some momentum again for them, and, and there's something that we probably missed. We talked about at the start of all the disruption and, uh, and the changes that, you know, now that we've got some flow and some rhythm that maybe that's, uh, they'll start putting things together. MacArthur giving the ball away in the fashion that they did, especially for that first goal. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't was Shushner, pretty. It was Shushner, it was Shushner it? Yeah, but yeah. it was also all being way too close to mm-hmm. him in the wrong position. They just seemed to get in each other's way. I mean, we've seen all playing centrally a little bit more advanced, uh, scoring a couple of wonder goals last month and and you know ending up on the the goal of the month shortlist for for two separate strikes two two amazing volleys, but playing as a six, I, I just don't see it. I don't think you know as a guy who spent most of his career playing as a ten or as mm. a, a left winger, 
I just don't know if he has the positional sense for it. It's a, it's a new trick for him to learn pretty late in his career. Yeah, and we talked about that last week in terms of the, what, what he's doing scoring goals and how he's playing scoring goals. And smarter people than me are talking about um, MacArthur's formation and whether they have the mm. right formation all the way through. If you look at the names, again, they've got talent. They're, mm. up, they're up there on the, on the table. But whether it, you know, having four four two or you know how they're playing it is just not really working with their players so much. They get found out a couple of times, don't they? So they've they've gone through a number of different formations this mm. season as well. I remember at the start of the year they had Craig Noon yep. playing as a wing back, yeah, and it was a right wing back no less. So he was always cutting inside, narrowing the field, and they had no overlapping through, or yeah. forward run on on that uh, that side. So it was just incredibly predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's one thing to have, you know, front three and have a wingers who cut inside all the time. I mean, I and Robin did it for years and it didn't seem to hurt, um, but they usually had someone providing width and, you know, an overlapping fullback. So, yep. you know, uh, MacArthur, they're, they're a tough team to get a read on. I really don't know how good they are. They've gone through a hot patch at the start of the year. They've had a massive dip and they've, had incredible run of goal scoring form through late January yep. and February, and now that they looked completely haphazard against victory. So it's sort of emblematic of the season where you've got these up and down teams that you, you can't really get a consistent consistent read on. No, you can't. And then tomorrow, so they're playing Melbourne City here tomorrow, and then they're hosting Western Sydney Wanderers um, on Saturday night in the wet. So, yeah, again, hard to, to work out. I'll, I'll go and watch them tomorrow and see, see firsthand. If, we'll see, see what they're see like. See if you come back bring. with any evidence. Yeah, I'll see it. Well, I mean, we've got a Socceroos squad to be announced, I think, this week it Mm -hmm. should be for the crucial Japan and Saudi Arabia games. Uh, That Japan one you're going to be in in Sydney for. Uh, This A-League season hasn't seen, you know, a lot of local products come to the fore. But can you see anyone as a a bolter? Because, you know, Nick D'Agostino has been amongst the goals (laughs) yet again. We talk about um, Nick D'Agostino. There's another Nick, or Nikita, that we probably should talk about, mm. re- really. So um, Nikita Rukovitsa, who's had some time with the Glory and the Wanderers, um, is now the top foreign scorer in the history of the Israeli Premier League. Um, wow. The European League is not the greatest, but he's won golden boots there, and he's in goal-scoring form. Mm. We have strikers in goal-scoring form and pick on form. But he's been left... Out. He's 31. He's been left out for a few years. I can't see Arnie doing anything over the top. Mm. No real bolters. Joel King's an interesting one. He was the bolter last time around, and he's actually getting in some form in Denmark and, uh, and scored. He's I playing, believe. is it? Yeah. For, uh, is it our house? It right. is our house. I had it, yes. Um, in the middle of the street, yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sending into madness. Um, yeah, so, so King King's in some form. The ones that we talked about, we have spoken about in a few mm. weeks, right, um, the last few weeks. Danny John Rowe, um, Devlin, Atkinson. Mm. They're the ones. I mean, John Rowe and Devlin are the two that if they're not in the squad, I'm going to throw something at the wall because they've been phenomenal. Is Graham Arnold adventurous enough to change up the squad for the last two official games of qualifying given how he's, how he's coached and managed them? Can you see him doing anything different to what he's done? I mean, it's all on the line now. And when coaches are backed into a corner, they tend to revert to type. Correct. It's, it's, the board. They're talking, we're talking about grit and determination and Aussie spirit <laughs> and all that rubbish, right? Because yeah. Australians are the only ones who have fighting spirit. Everyone else, they've got skill, but, you know, we've got heart. They're not going to do it. They're, they're gonna, they'll, they'll, they'll tactically will have the same squad as we have had for all of the qualifiers and coming into these two games. I can't see them fixing things up. So there'll be it'll be McLaren or Taggart up front. Um yeah, your normal your normal mid four. At least I can't see anyone coming into the team, to be honest. Is that mm. if they're all if they're fit, he'll he'll go to who's who is who has looked after him in the last few months, you know? And the guys that have been the flat track bullies against those smaller Asian nation nations, Tommy Rogic and, and the like, they'll they'll keep playing, even though they want to mix we should be mixing it up because we really, really need to be doing something different if we're a chance against Japan and, and Saudi Arabia because they are the top two teams of the group for a reason and we are miles behind them. Do we go with the Moy Irvine double pivot against Japan? They will. He will. I'm sure he will. Because yeah. when, when Moy played against Japan last time, albeit in a different role, mm. he looked completely off the pace. Yeah. And he, and he's never been quick, but, yeah, he, 
yeah, he's <laughs> he's never been quick, but I think we will revert to type, and that's mm. what will happen. And then you know we'll throw. I, the- I can see us rolling out a more conservative defensive midfield combination, potentially with a Jago coming in for Moy and and yep. just looking to lock things up. Yeah, and but it'll probably put Australia in the back foot, and we'll end up having to absorb a lot of pressure. Yeah, because yeah, let's. Let, Generally, when that happens, we'll give away an early goal and then have mm. to try and pinch something after that. So, yeah, I'm. I want the shake up. I want to see these these new kids into the team, but I don't think it's going to happen now, and it's not going to happen with these two ones coming up, mm. and then the and then the playoffs if we get that far in the, the different stages. So, yeah, what about yourself? Who do you, who do you see as bolters? I've got Jason Cummings down here, but that's because we talk about him every week. But he's actually in a bit of form in terms of he he's can, great. He can hold the ball up. He can pass it off. He can dish it off. He probably should have pinched a few more goals in the last few games as well. But he does the team thing as well. I think it's too soon for him, and also it's too important a game to just bring in a guy who's not had a any contact with the rest of the squad at all. Um, I think we're not going to see him, but. I did really enjoy his assist for for Uncololo. It mm-hmm. was lovely yep. swerve and dip on that ball just to put it straight into his path. It was the perfect pass, and you know he's really impressed me since he's he's come to Australia. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that you know say the next coach after Arnie goes yeah, for him. I, I would think the next coach is when we go, and the next cycle is mm. when we go. Right, it's all about King John Rowe, Devlin, Atkinson. Mm. Cummings, <laughs> maybe not Cummings, but the others that we start going into to look at that because there's a lot of our squad that have been to the last two World Cups um, and looking to go to a third if we're lucky to do so. And even the best players in our history or recent history where we've we've made World Cups go to three in a row. Like it's a, mm. it's a real battle to do that. You think of well, Timmy's different. He went to four, but then you like um, uh, Yedinak, Bresciano, there's not too many that sort of made it through to, to three. That's a good more point. More than three, right? So if you look at Lecky, Sainsbury, Matty Ryan, um, they've been to the last two, so they're probably not going to be around for the next lot. So it looks at a big chance to sort of reboot it. I hope they do go to the World Cup. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to sound like um, the glass is half empty. I just can't see it the way we're going at the moment. Yeah. I mean, did uh, – yeah, Sainsbury did go – did he go to the Brazil yeah, played, World Cup? Yep. Okay, you're right. Yep. He did. Uh, was he played with Wilkinson? Wilkinson was at the back for that one, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Okay, yep. stretching my memory yep. now. I know he had an injury, but I think that was earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it doesn't look likely. I don't think anyone's particularly hopeful that Australia is going to pull off this miracle and make it based mm-hmm. on prior performance. Uh, it's obviously a must-win, and Arnold and the team can't think like that. But as fans, like I've already prepared myself for disappointments. <laughs> Yes, and and then and then we take the moral high ground that the Qatar one is the the, the World Cup to miss. And we'll, we'll. the other thing too, right? That if we do the next World Cup's forty eight teams, is mm. that right? So like, if we can't be in the top eight Asian teams to make a forty eight team World Cup, right? So it's a completely different story now. We can't mm. if we don't qualify through this. It's all about the the qualifiers are kind of meaningless really it's all about getting a nice coach a good structure and the right players i guess because it's not going to be that long build up and well and i mean qualification mere qualification when it's 48 teams is not good enough it's no. getting past the first round that should be then the aim which is what Andrew was always talking about it's not the aim to make the world cup and the last few ones is like we have to just make the world cup because of the financial mm. assistance we get and the rest of it and and clearly we're going to take a massive hit if we don't the game in terms of the money but yeah with 48 teams you want to be you can't just make the world cup because you're just going to get overlooked in terms of players again i, I keep coming back to to uh denny jean Rowe and and uh cam devlin as the two players in form in midfield who could make a difference but even if they make the squad i don't think they're going to start no and so i think it's probably the horse is bolted now in that respect true I think so. I mean, we we start to look at getting out these young players like mm. Connor Metcalf moving to to Europe. You know, one or two years in the in the A League, doing doing the right thing, and then moving to European leagues, such as John Rowe and Devlin, and then the chance to come back in the national team. So I think the model is sound for those guys. So hopefully they're, they're there for the next cycle. But I can't see it in a couple of weeks. We'll be going with a tried and true against Japan. All right. With that, I think we'll take our final break. And uh, on the other side. 
Um, I guess we look ahead to these fixtures that may or may not be played coming up this very confusing round of the A-League. So stick around on the Oz Football Hour. Victory looking to build. Barbarousas is quick. Is he in behind top or Stanley? It doesn't matter! Costa Barbarousas! Wow! Yeah! Up like a salmon, a spawning salmon. And Tim Ante again! Oh, he's done it! Unbelievable kick. Come on here. The rain continues to hammer down in Sydney. But at this stage, the game is on between Sydney FC and their Filipino opponents. Subject to deluge between now and kickoff. Does this qualify as a deluge, Jason? It looks like it. Hopefully it doesn't affect the the players' names and numbers on the back of their kit. Because if you recall the last (laughs) time we play an Australian club played a a Filipino team, there was a few issues with the Brisbane Roar. So Mm. hopefully it doesn't happen tonight. Yeah, that fateful night against Serres Negros uh, goes down in, I think, Australian football infamy. Uh, but looking at Melbourne Victory's Asian Champions League opponent, uh, coming up against Andres Iniesta and Co., one of the biggest budget teams in Japan. It's a pretty daunting task. But looking at their J-League form, they haven't won this year. Okay. So it's only just started the season. They've played five games, and they have drawn three and lost two, albeit to Nagoya and uh, Yokohama F. Marinos. Uh, Kevin Muskets, Yokohama F. Marinos, I think I'm obliged to say. But they are in rather poor form. Uh, Iniesta has been coming off the bench and uh, not starting too many games. So don't be surprised if you flick your TV on on Tuesday night and he's, he's, he's nowhere to be seen. Um, but obviously they've got they've got a strong squad with a number of players such as Sakai and, and Yamaguchi uh, and Kobayashi with Japanese national team experience. Um, it's, Yuyo Osako as well is a, usually the starting uh, striker for Japan, even if you know uh, Samurai Blue fans would prefer he'd not be. Yep. But uh, they've, it's, you know, they've not been in good good form. It's knockout though. It's knockout game, isn't it? It's a one-off knockout one game, out. and victory have done it before in Japan, if mm. if you recall. Yeah, I, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Although they've got a bit of time to prepare themselves now, so they only have a game tomorrow, and they've got uh, a few more than three days to rest up and prepare and. Study some tactics. Would Kevin Musket be providing any sort of uh, information? Do you think? You reckon you've got the the line back to their former it'd head worth, coach? It'd be worth a phone call, wouldn't it? Uh, I I wouldn't see why not. Yeah, even know? even Ange might even provide <laughs> something for them as well. So there, there is that link there, I guess. Uh, it'd be interesting to watch. Again, we need to embrace this competition. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've spoken about it before, so. Um, I will be watching next next week and hoping that they can uh, they can pull it off because the better we do in this competition, the, the you know the more well regarded we're going to be um, internationally. So they Andres Iniesta did start their last game. He hasn't played every game this season, but against San Freche in that, that draw, he did start at the the top of a diamond. They've also gone with four three three or four two three one. So their coach not quite settling on a formation just yet, but. As is always the case in Asia, uh, they've got a pretty dangerous-looking Brazilian called Lincoln up front. So the, the Japanese teams always seem to find these find these gems. Goal-scoring Brazilian. It's I like watching the J League, but even when you're watching um, Andrew's old teams and the rest of it, there's always that goal-scoring mm. Brazilian. Makes a big difference. It Lincoln, does. Lincoln. Oh. So interesting to see the foreign player rules change in the Asian Champions League this season in at least in terms of the interpretation of it so you don't actually have to leave your foreigners your excess foreigners out of your squad entirely it's just for the match day yeah they have to go with the three plus one three plus one rule which I think is a, a nice flexible change from the competition in years past where you know, you had the scenario at victory back in the day where it was like oh are we leaving out Finkler right, we're leaving yeah. out Bernkalfala yeah yeah, it is an interesting one, and that's uh, that's why City's um, latest Japanese recruit, I guess, is looking towards mm. the the Asian Champions League. Rather Captain than, Subasa. Yeah, that's right. Rather than uh, hasn't hasn't seen much action in the mm. A League thus far, but they're looking sort of long term when that uh, crosses over. It, it needs to happen, and then hopefully our our the Australian clubs will embrace. Those. We talk about it. We've t- spoken about it before. They embrace that and start getting some. Some good, some good footballers from some of the, our neighbouring Asian countries that can uh, come into the A-League. Well, looking ahead to some of those A-League games, tomorrow night, Melbourne City playing against MacArthur. Interesting to see who starts between the sticks in this one because 
if you recall, their abandoned game on Friday night with the, the pitch Phoenix, and, the, yeah. and the rain, they actually, it was called off so late that they actually put out a starting lineup for that game and it yep. was Matt Sutton, yes. Tom Glover benched. I, I saw that as well. I'm not sure if that's a form thing, do you reckon, or that's just a I rotation thing. You think it's a form thing? I mean, Kisnorbo, as always, gives absolutely nothing away in the press conference. He's a total brick wall. Uh, yep. He said he just wanted to have a look at Sutton. So, <laughs> Well, there's one way to have a look at him, isn't it? Throw, <laughs> throw him into the deep end. Uh, in, yeah, interesting that they do that. I'm, I'm not sure. I think maybe that was planned. We'll see. I don't. Yeah, maybe it was just to throw them off. I'm not. I'm not too sure tomorrow night. But yeah, oh, you would think. Um, I mean, he has been at fault for a couple of goals. There's been a couple of instances where he hasn't come off his line quickly enough. He's sort of been flat-footed on his heels. You know, he's a good shot stopper, Glover. But yep. I think sometimes his urgency with which he comes off the goal line it leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, I guess the one midweek last week too against the Glory, he sort of misread the one mm. that Fornaroli headed in as well, so he didn't quite have have that mm. covered. And there's not many clean sheets with cities. They always talk about you know the one, two, three nil up that they will let something in, and that's probably part of the reason you talk about. Well, they've got one of the leakiest defenses in the A League, mm. um, or I mean, especially when you look at the amount of games they've won, it's actually surprising how many goals they've shipped. You know, one of the best attacks, but. Yep one of the, the worst defences, which isn't usually the case for, for Melbourne City. And Leckie's going to miss through injury as well, I mm. believe. Might would have been back for, for Saturday. So um, he was in some form, I tell you what, until he got mm. injured last time. So he scored that goal and, and, get, and provided the assist as well. So it's the uh, same night. We've got a double header on the Central Coast as we covered. Mariners playing against Victory in the very, very early 5.05pm kickoff. See what kind of crowd they they managed to get down there in, in Gosford at that time. Well, if the game if the ACL go, go goes ahead in Sydney tonight, then that game will possibly go ahead. Mm. But uh, yeah, you would think they'll be all undercover, all the crowd with those two games as well. And assuming that the pitch isn't too chopped up, mm-hmm. uh, we'll have Wellington Phoenix taking on the Newcastle Jets. Is there news on when the Phoenix can go home? Have you heard anything yet when they can play? No, no like word just yet. Yeah. Um, they seem to. Be reticent to use Wollongong now, given the financial situation of the club. And you know, which is a shame. It was a nice little partnership last year when they were wearing mm. the the Wolves jersey at one stage and the rest of it. So, and they're still there about seventh on the ladder, the Phoenix. So you know, it's been it's been okay for them. So they, they'll be hoping to get some points. Well, just refreshing the old Sydney FC Twitter feed tonight, and no word yet. As to a cancellation, so we think we'll have Asian Champions League football to look forward to. But uh, this is where we sign off. Jason, thank you for joining me as always. Thank you, Josh. You'll catch us next week here on the Oz Football Hour. But stick around on FNR because Radio Dub with a special in-studio guest, Maya Markovsky of Melbourne Victory, is coming up. Victory looking to build. Barbarousas is quick. Is he in behind Top or Stanley? It doesn't matter! Costa Barbarousas! Wow! Unbelievable kick. Come on here.